Last week, um, for those that were here, we looked at what the Bible was. We're, part, we're in the middle of a part, three-part series, which is talking about what the Bible is. Today, we're just going to look at the whole story of the Bible, and then tomorrow... <laughs> <next. laughs> it's what we're going to look at. And uh, next week, we're going to look at how, how to read it and how to get the most out of it. And it's basically going to form a course for all new Christians who come into City Hope um, that they will go through over three weeks on a Sunday morning while we're listening to the preaching. They'll be going through this course so that we basically give enough um, tools for people to be able to read the Bible because it is a difficult book to read. And uh, a lot of it is written outside of our culture. It's not written particularly in a chronological order. Um, and there's a lot of difficult bits in it. So this week, we are looking at the story of the Bible. It is 66 books, 40 authors, uh, written over 1,600 years. But it is one story told through the lives of living people, mostly. There are parables and uh, there are visions and dreams, but mostly it's all worked out in the lives of people. But you can tell the story of the Bible in four words. <coughs> four words. Creation, rebellion, promise, and redemption. If you read the Bible with those four words in your mind, you will understand most of what you read. Creation in the sense that the Bible starts... How can I have lost my notes already? <laughs> Excellent. In the beginning. It starts at Genesis. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. <coughs> That's how it starts. And when you look at creation, it tells you two things. One, that you are a created being. And secondly, that there is a creator that predates you and a creator that is going to hold you accountable for the way that you live your life. That's the start of the story. Second word, rebellion. Because what we find is this creator has created us and we've chosen to rebel against him and do things our own way. And that has caused us innumerable problems that we cannot solve. Promise that our creator has promised to change our situation by redemption. <coughs> now, rede redemption, just to say, if you go on YouTube, Andrew Wilson does a great 10-minute overview of the Old Testament. It is very well worth watching. And he would agree with me entirely in what I'm about to say rede with redemption is, but he would also say it's a lot deeper than this. Redemption is about having something and exchanging it for something else. So you have Tesco vouchers, right? You, you redeem those. You have Tesco points, which you redeem into vouchers, which you redeem into money, which makes you buy things that you want, okay? And that's fundamentally what redemption is. It's exchanging one thing for another by having somebody who is able to exchange it for you. What we have in our rebellion is death <coughs> and destruction and uh, a lack of real life 
We have pain, hurt, and all of that. Jesus dies on the cross and allows us to redeem all of that for his life, which is about life, it's about freedom, it's about liberty, it's about love, it's about knowing God. That basically is the story of the Bible, okay? So, creation. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the book of Genesis, which is the first book of the Bible, is about the beginnings. The beginning of the universe, the beginning of hum humankind, and the beginning of sin, and the beginning of God implementing his plans, his purposes, and his promises in the earth. Okay? I'm going to keep saying okay, you keep saying yes. Just make sure you're keeping up. Okay, <coughs> so... <laughs> I like it. So God creates Adam and Eve. They choose to go against him. And here you get the first promise. You get the promise of God that he is going to restore Adam and Eve to a relationship with God. Because in their rebellion, they've stepped out of that relationship. And as I've said, they've caused themselves a lot of trouble. During the first 10 chapters of Genesis, first 11 chapters, you get the foundation of the whole of life. You have the story of Cain and Abel. You have the story of Noah, where Noah, who's a righteous man, who knows something of God, is trying to live to please God, lives in, in an environment that is becoming increasingly evil because people have become separated from God and have no moral limitations on their lives. They're becoming increasingly evil in the sight of God. So God comes and judges them, except Noah is a righteous man and he and his family family are rescued in a boat and God gives another promise I'm going to put a rainbow in the sky and I'm never going to destroy humanity again for its evil by water and there will be a day when things can change and then you have the Tower of Babel in Genesis 11 where man <coughs> decides hey we are so good we are just so good, we are going to build a tower to the heavens. And God looks down and says, hey, these guys, they're going to blow this universe. They're going to blow this planet. I created them so that they could care and nurture this planet. In rebellion to me, they're stripping it of all its resources and seeking to build a name for themselves. And so God comes down and destroys <coughs> the Tower of Babel and scatters mankind across the earth, giving them lots of different languages. I have a real issue with God about lots of different languages. <laughs> if he would just let me understand them. Anyway, <coughs> the world moves on, and just out of interest, during this time, almost certainly, the book of Job was written. We often, you never know quite when Job was written, but it's probably about this time before the time of the next great creation, which is Abraham. And in Abraham, he creates a, he's going to create a dynasty. Abraham is living in modern-day Iraq. God comes to him and says, Abraham, you and your wife, I want you to leave your land. I want you to go, go somewhere, and when you get there, I will tell you. But at the moment, you just do the leaving party and I will give you a son and through you, every person on earth will be blessed. And it is a great promise to God. Now, what you find with Abraham is where most, most of the story up till now has been rebellion to God. 
Abraham chooses to be obedient to God. And he says, Sarah, we're leaving here. We're going over there. She says, where? He says, don't know, but God spoke to me. And she says, yeah, okay. Anyway, they don't, there's no real written discussion of what went on for a couple of days there in the home. But anyway, finally, Abraham leaves. And, in, and because of his obedience rather than his rebellion, the promise is going to be fulfilled. So he has his son um, Isaac, Isaac has Jacob, and Jacob is renamed Israel in the Bible. Jacob stroke Israel have 12 sons, and now God is creating not just one man with a, little, with a wife and a child, but now he has a family. 12 sons and many children. One of these sons, Joseph, you know the story, um, ends up through none of his own fault in Egypt where he manages to become through uh, the plan of God and the promise of God and in obedience to God, he becomes the second highest ruler in Egypt. God brings a famine on Egypt. Joseph looks after everything and he in the end brings his whole family down into Egypt. His 12 bro- 11 brothers and his father come into Egypt, where for 400 years they live in Egypt. Then you have Moses, around about 1300 BC. And from Moses' point, God has now taken a man, where he's creating a dynasty, <coughs> a people where he's created a family, and now he has created a nation through whom he is going to work out his purposes. This nation is stuck in Egypt, so he comes and gives them a promise that they will, re- they will get out of Egypt. Um, you know the great story of the Exodus where this great nation, um, <coughs> God comes and punishes, um, judges Pharaoh for his disobedience to him, um, and then they have the great Passover, the, the lamb that was slain, the blood on the doors. This is just, if you don't know the story, then you'll go and read it, and that will help you understand it. And then this great nation of uh, between one and three million come out of Egypt, come to the Red Sea, the Red Sea parts, Moses lead them through into the desert. At which point, God having created the nation, people do what they always do, and they rebelled. God said, 11 day journey from here to here. They said, hang on a minute, this desert is dry, we're lacking food, we're lacking water, we'd like to be back in Egypt, we don't like this story, we want to get out of it, so they end up going around the desert for 40 years. In the 40 years, <coughs> God gives them promise still that they will enter the land and they will see everything come to pass that he wants them to. When they're in the desert, they're given what uh, is called the law and The law is a promise that there is something better coming. The law demonstrates the kindness, the purity, and the love of God. And it also says there's something coming that will be more powerful than the law. The law will teach you that you are wrong in my sight, And through the law, I will teach you by the shedding the blood of animals that there is a way to receive forgiveness. But the law also points to someone greater coming whose sacrifice will really deal with sin. I'm never going to do this now. Okay, 
You've got the creation of the nation, you've got rebellion, you've got promise, and then you have redemption as they come into the nation through uh, Joshua and then the judges, Samuel, you, hear the, the, you get the book of Ruth. Then you, then you get the kings come in about 1000 BC. You get Saul, David, Solomon, when the Psalms, Proverbs, songs, Song of Songs, Ecclesiastes, etc. And now you've got the nation in their heyday. They build a temple. You have David and Solomon with all the great wisdom and glory of Israel there. And then they constantly rebel. So suddenly the nation that was one becomes two. Israel in the north, ten tribes, and Judah in the south, two tribes. This is Samaria, this is Jerusalem. In Israel, you have prophets like Elijah, Elisha, Amos, and Hosea. In, in Judah, you have prophets like Isaiah, Micah, Naaman, Zephaniah, Jeremiah, and Esther. The northern tribe in 750 BC, they are pushed into exile because of their rebellion. But they are given constant promises by the prophets that things will return. God will redeem them. In Judah, the southern kingdom, they go to Babylon in 600 BC. And uh, you have the prophets Obadiah, Ezekiel, and Daniel just pouring into them the promises. Yes, you're going into exile, but this is my plan and purpose. I will bring you back to the land. And when you come to the land, you will have someone who will come and change the whole of human history. They're there for 70 years. Then they return, and you get the prophets Zechariah, Haggai, Malachi, Malachi, Joel, Ezra, and Nehemiah. And then you get about 400 years of silence. After that silence, John the Baptist turns up. And God is about to create a new nation out of this old nation. From the time of John the Baptist, <coughs> you have Jesus being born just a little bit later. God creates the Son of God, fully God, fully human, in a young virgin, to create a new race, to be the, new, the fulfillment of the promise, to deal with rebellion and to bring about the full redemption of mankind. Jesus lives for 30 years, then he breaks into his ministry, chooses 12 disciples and begins to create a new body on the earth. He dies, he's raised from the dead, lives around for 40 days, ascends into heaven, and then a little bit later the Holy Spirit descends on about 120 people on the day of Pentecost. Here suddenly is a new people on the earth who know what it is to be forgiven, to have the fulfillment of the law <coughs> in Jesus, so they are able to receive forgiveness, cleansing, and the full redemption, exchanging this old way of life of death, destruction, hurt, and pain for a new way of life which is full of life, love, compassion, and uh, wonderfulness. <coughs> then you move into the book of Acts, which is a book telling you of the expansion of the early church. You have the day of Pentecost, Stephen, Paul, Cornelius, Antioch, Acts 15, Paul's journeys, etc. And that is telling the first 40 years of church life, of this new life, the fulfillment of the promise. A church, a people walking in obedience to God and not in uh, rebellion. Then you have the letters, and the two really big ones, Romans and Hebrews. Then you have uh, all the sort of Paul, Peter, John writing letters, um, some to churches, some to individuals. But they're all explaining and enlarging on what this great redemption is, what the fulfillment of the promise is, what this new creation that God has created in the earth is going to be. Then you come to the book of Revelation, which no one understands, but we all, all, all look forward to its fulfillment and the final understanding of it. <laughs> that was dreadful. Anyway, what is important for you? 
One, you are, a, uh, you are a created being accountable to God for your actions. Two, you were born in rebellion. My sons suffer from migraine because I suffer from migraine because my mum suffered from migraine. We inherited that through and through. What we as humanity have inherited from our forefathers is a place of rebellion in the sight of God where it's so easy for us to disobey God and we choose to disobey God. And that's where we are. But... The Bible gives us the promise that we don't need to stay over here because Jesus has died, risen, and ascended into heaven, and we are able to enjoy the redemption whereby we give up all of that to receive the fullness of the life in Jesus. And that is basically all that book is about. and receiving for forgiveness from Sunday school teachers as once again I go over time. God bless, go and get your kids.